Welcome to Served Neat, hosted by your girl, Jen Hartman. I'm the CEO of Neat, a boutique PR and marketing agency based out of Louisville, Kentucky. I launched Neat in 2019 with just $3,000 in my bank account. Since then, I've had the opportunity to work with hundreds of emerging brands and Fortune 500 empires. I believe that marketing and PR should be served neat, just like your favorite bourbon. On this podcast, you'll hear about the latest and greatest growth strategies, the ups and the downs of entrepreneurship, and so much more. Pour yourself a glass of your favorite bourbon because it's time to dive in to this week's episode. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Served Neat. Today, you'll get to hear from Bridget Mallinson, a functional medicine dietitian, business mentor, and the founder and CEO of Gut Personal, a supplement company that empowers everyone to eliminate gut issues for good through a personalized approach. After healing a lifelong struggle with her gut, Bridget spent a decade studying functional medicine and nutrition as a registered functional dietitian. She became wild wildly interested in building and scaling her businesses in the pandemic and succeeded in building not one, but two seven-figure companies in three years. She launched Gut Personal as a way to change the world in a big way with a vision to empower women to improve their health and furthermore, wealth. Gut Personal is female-founded with mostly female investors. In this episode, Bridget shares valuable brand-building information. You'll hear her share the real numbers of what it took to bring her product to market, what marketing strategies led to massive growth, what to look for in investors, and so much more. All right, y'all, let's dive in. I would love to start at the very beginning of Gut Personal. So walk us through the early days of the business. Where did the idea for the brand come from? When did you launch all the things? Yes. So we launched Gut Personal almost two years ago to the day. So I'm a gut health dietitian. I had so many issues with my gut and I think a lot of us entrepreneurs, we are like becoming the person we wish we had, right? And so when I had so many gut issues and I was a dietitian and I was like, why can't I figure these out? I found functional medicine. And so I did like a poop test, like so not sexy, but it really helped me heal because all of my issues, I had like thyroid issues, migraines, I couldn't go to the bathroom. I was bloated all the time. I mean, the list literally goes on of all these mystery things that was going on with me. And once I healed my gut, everything, was better. And so when the pandemic hit, I took my business online. That's when I entrepreneurship for me started June, 2020. And I was a service-based business and we hit seven figures in about 16 months. But during that time, I was like, I would really love to have a company, one that I could sell, two that could help millions of people, and three that I wouldn't have to be the services all the time, that sell a physical product. And I knew I could do a supplement company like so much better than what's out there. And so we launched Gut Personal on 11-11-2021, two years ago. And yeah, the way that we're doing it different is we're really personalized. You know, we were founded by people, myself, and then our lead dietitian, by people who have actually worked with clients. We're not just people who are looking at science and like, what does the science say should work? No, we actually have listened to women, listened to their struggles, help them figure out a plan that works for them. And we're really built on connection and empowerment, which no supplement companies are doing. So yeah, we're two years old, baby. Well, congratulations. That's incredible. That kind of growth is unreal, unheard of. How the heck are you doing it? Oh, golly. (laughs) I mean, I was telling you before we hit record, 
like I'm someone that like wants a massive growth. Like we should be growing a hundred percent month over month. And yeah, some months that happens and some months it doesn't. So we've grown a lot through affiliate marketing. So we have an incredible community of affiliates who basically they promote our products for a commission. And since we've launched, a third of our sales have come from affiliates. And so that's the biggest way that we've grown. And yeah, it really works for us because it's built on authenticity and connection, which is really part of our core values. So that's the biggest way. That's amazing. Congratulations. So it sounds like affiliate marketing is your biggest growth driver. What other marketing efforts are helping with growth? So we have a great retention rate. So I think that's really helpful, right? Because I think some founders are always going after like, how can I get a new audience? Like, how can I get a new customer? And what we've done really well is retention. Like once we get a new customer, whether it's through affiliate marketing or social media, they stay with us. And how we do that is we have great products. So one, if you have great products, people keep buying them. And then two, I think email marketing and our follow-up. And we actually just sent out a email blast yesterday to two different segments. One segment, I'm just giving you guys the tea. So one segment was people who have never purchased with us. And it was just a plain text email of, Hey, from me, I would love to know why you haven't purchased. Let me support you. And I think that probably went out to, I don't know, 500 people. Honestly, it's probably higher than that. My marketing girl is probably like, Bridget, it went out to 5,000 people. But then we sent another email to a different segment of people who haven't purchased in four months or more. And it was the same thing. Like, why haven't you purchased? I'd love to support you. And that comes from an energy of literally, I want to make sure if people are on our email, That means that we have something that could help them. I want to help them. And so I have in my inbox right now, this is my to-do right after this is to respond 200 emails from people who are like saying, giving us feedback, saying, I love your products, but financially I can't do it right now. So I'm thinking of like, okay, how can I still serve that person? Or someone saying like, oh, I actually love your products. We buy on Amazon. So that's great feedback for us because that means like launching on Amazon was really powerful. Yeah, that's how we keep people in our ecosystem. That's incredible. Well, one, I love that you brought up segmenting your list. I think a lot of people just shoot out an email blast to their entire list and they wonder why people are clicking unsubscribe and they're not interested. But when you segment your email list or your SMS list, you're going to get higher open rates. You're going to get higher click-through rates. You're going to see more revenue from your efforts there. So thanks for talking about that. The other thing that I really liked that you brought up was the fact that you're a seven-figure founder and you are still going through customer feedback. Most founders, I feel like, take themselves out of the customer service area a little too soon, but Mm -hmm. you're still in it. And I think that is so incredibly valuable for not only customer service, but for product development in the future. A thousand percent. Honestly, I'm glad you bring that up. So we DM every new follower who follows us. And some days, like we were doing this giveaway with one of my girlfriends. She's a founder of ClearStem, Kaylee. And we were doing a giveaway with ClearStem, which is basically an anti-acne, anti-aging skincare company. And so we did a giveaway with them. In one day, we had a thousand new followers, which was so incredible. We are still a small account for being a seven-figure brand. We have under 10,000 followers. We had a thousand new followers. We did DM every single one of them. So we have an incredible intern who does all the DMs every single day. So she sends out the welcome DM and then myself and our lead dietitian respond back. I was in DMs for 
three days for almost 10 hours a day. And while some people would call that crazy, and at one point I did have to tap out, I was like, guys, I literally can't do this. I have a three-week-old and I'm burning out from DMs. I responded to all of those. And then, you know, Jillian, our lead dietitian did too, because it's so important to me that I connect with them. That's not going to be the case, like, you know, when we're a nine-figure brand, but it will be to a point. I will still be connecting with people in email and the DMs. And then also what I realized in terms of product development is that people kept asking us for a protein powder and we're coming out with a collagen in the spring. And I mean, literally, this is the first time I've even talked about this Um, because people were asking for it. Like, hey, I buy vital proteins. I'd love to be buying that from you guys. And we can provide the same, if not a better quality product. So I was like, bada bing, bada boom. This is pretty easy for us to create. Yeah. I love that you talked about building relationships with your customers because as a product-based business in 2023, it's not enough to just throw a product out there and wait for people to find you. You have to go above and beyond. And I know some people might think, well, it's just sending DMs or it's just sending emails, but it's so much more. You're always going to be top of mind with the customer if you are messaging them, building a relationship with them. And if any of their friends are like, hey, do you know of a supplement brand? Like, do you trust any? They're automatically going to think of you because you're already kind of talking to them in the DMs or like responding to their emails. So I think it's so cool that you do that and like your intern does that. So thanks for talking about that. I want to go in a different direction now and talk about money. I'm going to get a little bit nosy here. I'm super curious. What did it take financially to take your business from idea to actually launching it into the world? Is that a thousand dollars, five thousand, a hundred thousand? And you don't need to give me exact numbers, but I'm curious like what that looked like. Oh my God. I love this. I love spilling the tea. I love talking about money because it's so important. I was literally on a stage recently where I felt like the women on the stage were being very hush hush about money. And I'm like, this is the freaking problem with women and money. We don't own it. And this is what men talk about. It's not women versus men, but like, this is why men in business can be successful and like raise other men up is because they're sharing the exact. So I would love to spill any tea and I get as nosy as you want, girlfriend. So when I was launching Gut Personal, let's say this is August, 2021, I thought to myself, okay, I want to launch this as quick as possible. And I already had the supplements that I'd formulated and already had the manufacturer. That part was actually very easy. The part that I was getting stuck on was the marketing and never did marketing for a CPG brand. So I said, okay, I'm hiring a full service agency. And that's what we did. And I think we paid them $15,000 a month and we bootstrapped it in the beginning. So I put in $100,000 because I had a coaching business that was very successful, specifically for service-based businesses. But now I'm moving into the CPG space for founders. So I had a lot of money from one business. I had made a lot of money. So I put it into this business. But then I had a mentor who said to me, yeah, you put a $100,000 in this business, but you're also limiting what you can do with that. So then I actually took on investors and I fundraised. The cool part of my fundraising was that it was very serendipitous. I was in this mastermind and the week I decided to fundraise, I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. The marketing agency started building me a pitch deck. We actually were then put in a simulation of a shark tank in this mastermind. So 25 of us were competing in front of actual sharks. And it was just 
perfect because no one else was fundraising and I had just decided to fundraise and I actually won from these 25 people. I won $1,000, but I found my first investors all in that room. And my first fundraise was about $400,000. And then we're, we're actually in a round right now. And all of our investors are angel investors that really like helps my mission with health and the wealth side. So we're arranged another $500,000. We're very new in this round. Yeah. So we raised money too, which was a whole nother thing for me, creating a pitch deck, pitching my company, pitching the vision of like, the goal is to sell for 300 million. I'm actually convinced that we're going to make it there. Here's why. And here's our plan. Yeah. That's awesome. You're such a badass. You actually answered one of my other questions. I was going to dive into you learning a bit more about what made you decide to go into bringing on investors, but you, you covered that. So thank you for answering that question. Yeah. I think one other reason that I didn't touch on yet that I want to bring on investors is that I understand that there's so many people out there who are smarter than I am. And I don't believe my business is my baby. Like I do not treat my business as I am the only person who knows what's best for the business. So we have like marketing people like you who are founders who invested and got personal. And I will hop on a strategy call and they'll be like, hey, like one of our investors is really good in Pinterest. Like that's her specialty is Pinterest. And like, I don't freaking know about anything about Pinterest. And so we hop on a strategy call and she's like, you know, for an hour, she's giving me and my marketing person all the strategy of Pinterest. She's like, okay, go run with that. And why that's great for her is that she's literally directly impacting her investment in the company because if she helps us grow, we'll scale. It's not like she's working for us day in and day out. It's like an hour of strategy and then she's off. Why I love that is that I have a group of now 15 women around me who all have different specialties who I can say, okay, you have this special can you help us grow gut personal? Can we hop on a call? And it's great. I love that. And it sounds like you're not just bringing on any investor out there, right? You're being strategic about it. You're seeing who can help benefit you beyond just cutting you a check at the end of the day. And I think more people need to consider that. How is your current round going so far? It's good. I mean, so we were going to do just 250. Okay. And then I realized I wanted to increase the round. So we just did that. So our minimum check size is 25 grand. So it's very accessible. Like 25 grand is very accessible, but it is a chunk of change. It takes a very specific person. And yeah, so if anyone's listening to this and really like is strategic, I would love to have a conversation. So yeah, we don't accept everyone. One question I ask of our investors is like, how do you foresee supporting us? Sometimes some of our investors are like, I just love sharing about your mission. So like we have a couple influencers who are investors and and they share about our products and yeah, just a really great partnership. It sounds like you have had such an easy breezy cover girl experience when it comes to raising. It's so funny because I have a lot of friends who are currently raising and they're in the tech space and I have heard nothing but terrible things over the last one to two months of them raising. So I was totally expecting you to share some like horror story, but you've shared all incredible things. Well, there's a couple different things. I've never funded raised has been like, we need to fundraise in this amount of time. I think especially in the tech space, time is money, right? And, and definitely in my space too, but I've never relied on investor money to grow the business. So why I say that is like, if we don't get 250 grand by the end of the year, which that's not even the goal is that does not prohibit our business from going. And so I don't put a halt on the business to fundraise, which a lot of people do, right? They're like, okay, especially in the tech space, you're like, I have to raise $10 million by next year to be a flow. No, 
no, we can keep growing organically. It might mean we're going to less events or we can't hire another person for X role or something like that. But I've never put a lot of pressure on it because I want the right investors. It's actually was funny a couple months ago. A lot of our new investors came from being on podcasts like this. I had no preconceived notions. I just came on the podcast and then we stopped recording and actually it happened like three people in a row where they're like, wait, so can I invest? And it's such a low, I mean, relatively so. It's such a low amount that it doesn't prohibit, you know, the everyday entrepreneur from investing. It's not a million dollar check size that we're looking for. So I don't know. It's kind of like the energy you put towards it, right? Like we're not strapped for money, but everyone has to be aligned. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like the best time to look for a house is when you have a house or the best time to look for a new job is when you have a job. And it sounds like it's very true with raising. Like the best time to raise is when you don't really need it. (laughs) Absolutely. Like it would be gasoline on the fire, which is so great. We do have so many things that we can do with that cash, but also I'm not stressed about it. Yeah. 100%. Love it. Okay. So we're going to go again, back to the beginning days. I'm being nosy, but I know my listeners are going to appreciate this one. What the heck is it like developing a supplement? Does it take six months? Do you have to go through any kind of testing? Like I'm sure you're not like grabbing ingredients from the backyard, grinding them up and then putting them in a pill, right? Like walk me through what this looks like. Oh my God. This is such a great question because we actually don't have to be going to the beginning to do this. I just finished formulating a prenatal, which I am so pumped about. So I'll take you back to a year ago. I got pregnant and I started taking the best prenatal on the market and I still wasn't happy with it. You know, I'm a functional dietitian. Yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Yes, I'm a founder, but to my core, I'm a scientist and a, and a dietitian. And there were a couple of different reasons why I wasn't happy with it. It was too many pills a day. It couldn't be very personalized because it had high levels of some ingredients specifically magnesium and vitamin D. And it didn't have high enough forms of some other ingredients. Like I wanted to add in some more blood sugar balancing because that's so important prenatal, during pregnancy, and then postpartum. I saw a product I wanted to make. It wasn't servicing me. And so that was about a year ago. And then in the spring, I was like, no, I I actually want to do this. Here's the formula. So I created the formula. That probably took a month or two to really like finalize what I wanted. Went to our manufacturer and said, yes, I'm a formulator, but I don't understand what's possible. So I was, hey, can we do this formula that I want in less capsules? And can it also get through testing in terms of heavy metals? So that's a very important part of our process is that it has to not only be what it says it is, but it also can't contain a lot of crap. And that's not some supplement companies process, which is a whole nother story is we are very high quality. And so that was about six months ago. And then we've had to edit our formula a little bit because I was using one ingredient had high amounts of lead. And I was like, absolutely freaking not. We're using the highest form of this product, but it's still the sourcing is not great. And it was the highest quality source we could find. So I just said, no, we're just going to take out this ingredient. We're going to use a different source. So anyways, it's taken about six months to be, want it to be, and then it's three months to manufacture. So it'll be done in January. 
Mary, which I'm so excited about. And on the business side of things, we're going to pre-sell it before we launch. So we're going to pre-sell it in a month and we'll pre-sell it a month before it ships out. So on the business side of things, I asked myself, like, people have been asking for this for a really long time. How do we pre-launch this to not only pay for our POs, but to feel our customers to feel like, okay, it's coming. I can buy it. So yeah, that's awesome. I love pre-selling. That makes a lot of sense, especially for what you're doing. So that's awesome. Okay. So we've talked a lot about like the good, the exciting stuff, but I know with a growing business, things don't always go as planned. So what are some challenges that you faced in the last two years and how did you handle those challenges? Oh my Jesus. Hiring and firing. Blah, the worst. I mean, I've had to fire many different fractional CFOs and accountants. So like on the money side of things, I've had to fire a lot of marketing. Ugh, it's just like hiring and firing is rough. And I think when you have like a very specific mission, you have to find very aligned people. And what I find a lot of founders do is they don't fire soon enough. They let something drag on. So having hard conversations has been like such a big growth journey of mine. So yeah, that's been the messy, the messiness. (laughs) I heard you say something very important founders tend to not fire quick enough. And it's something that as a founder, you have to do as soon as somebody is not a good fit and they're not making improvements, you have to cut the umbilical cord because all it's going to do is cost you money. You're going to spend a lot of time with that person. And ultimately it does impact the rest of the team. So it is really important to like do it and do it very quickly. And then on the flip side of things, I've been told to hire slowly. What do you think about that? Do you guys hire slowly or are you, nope, we need someone immediately bring them in tomorrow. Like what is your approach to hiring? Oh God. I mean, so for our last hire, we actually just hired a director of partnerships and she came from another CPG supplement company she was working for. We were going to do a collaboration. And then I said to her like, God, you are a dream. If you're ever looking for work, I would love to have you on our team. And a month later, she quit her job or, you know, left her job and found this out through the grapevine. And I was like, oh my God, are you still looking for a job? So my best hires have been organic and intros from other people. Yeah. One of our investors is a recruiter. And so she's hired me someone who's amazing. She's our marketing manager. And I think like if you're having a lot of trouble, have a recruiter and I'm I'm happy to make an intro. Oh, interesting. We have never worked with a recruiter before, but that is something I've always been curious about because I know that they can save you so much time and they have like a tried and true process that they go through. So I may have to circle back with you on that one. Yeah, she's amazing. Awesome. Okay. So one last question I want to get to here. What are some things that shocked you most about the supplement industry? Things you just didn't know before going into it? Oh my God. I mean, I was in the supplement space in a little bit different of a way. Like pre-pandemic, I worked at a holistic pharmacy. And so I was a supplement buyer then. So honestly, what's so shocking is the low quality of supplements. Oh, or like some Instagram e brands where you're like their marketing is really good, but they do not serve a purpose. I'm like trying to think about if I should say names. There are companies out there who are saying things that sound really good. For example, it's only the nutrients that you need. And you're like, wait a minute, you're missing a mark. You need more than that. Oh my God. 
I'm not going to say the company, but there's just a lot of deceivingness in marketing for supplements. And so what's really important for people to know is that you should be buying supplements from a health expert. Don't buy supplements from an influencer that started a supplement company because they're not tuned into what really needs to be in the supplement. That makes sense. Are there specific ingredients to look for on the label that you should avoid? Kali, it's more the formulation, to be honest. It's more like looking at it as a whole. So for example, our greens powder has no probiotics or prebiotics. I'll hop on some brands here. I don't think it's as like shitting on their whole company, but for example, AG1 or athletic greens, and then like bloom, both of them have prebiotics and probiotics in them. Why that's a problem is women with gut issues. If you add in pre and probiotics that are not personalized, it can make you feel a little bloated or a lot bloated or feel like shit. And so for our greens, it's just greens and reds. That's it. And so I think that's an important one where like a lot of people have come to us and be like, oh my God, I love your greens so much. And they actually make me feel really good where these other brands haven't made me feel very good. So that's interesting. That's a good one. I've always wondered about supplements because I've been told not to walk into Target and just pick supplements off the shelf. For sure. I've been told kind of what you said, go through someone who is an expert or go to Thorn and get your supplements. Don't go yeah. to Amazon. So I've been told like different things over the years. So I appreciate you touching on that. Yeah. And you know, I used to say as a practitioner, don't go to Amazon. But if you know a brand is great and you're buying from their store, that's good. So like, for example, I think Thorn is such a great example of a great supplement company we have the same standards as they do which is really great i don't think they're on amazon for example we're on amazon just a couple of our products but you have to make sure you're buying from that company so if you buy from their store totally fine but you have to know the company independent of amazon that's the biggest. Yeah. I've heard that like with Amazon, if it's like a third party seller of the supplement, like you can't tell how long something has been sitting for. You don't know where it's being stored. So there's just a lot of questions as to like the quality of the supplement when you don't know answers to those questions. So thank you for touching on that. I appreciate it. Okay. Last question. This one's an easy one. I promise. Where can people find you? And can you share a little bit more about what's coming up in 2024? I know you touched on prenatals, but is there anything else we have to look forward to in 2024? Yes. Oh my God. So much excitement. So you can find me on Instagram at Bridget Malley. DM me. Let's just connect. I like literally love connecting with entrepreneurs. And then got personal on Instagram. Things that are in the pipeline is our prenatal. We're launching that. Our best selling product, our magnesium powder. We're in development of a couple more flavors of that, which is so exciting because this is like our magnesium powder, we call it the miracle worker, is a third of our sales. Like literally it is, people are obsessed. So I'm so excited to launch more flavors of it. Right now we just have one, which is strawberry and it's so good. So that's what's coming up for us. On the business side of things, hiring more team, scaling a lot. We literally, I think 2024 is our year, which is really exciting. And yeah, if anyone wants to try the products, we have a code just for your listeners, NEAT. So you can go on gutpersonal.com, use the discount code NEAT, try our magnesium for the best sleep, best poop. We also have a quiz that is the way to personalize your supplements. And then we also have poop testing. We have programs. So like come into our community, feel your best with us. That's the goal. I love it. Well, Bridget, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. You were amazing and you gave out so many gold nuggets. Yay. You're so welcome. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Served Neat. 
I hope you enjoyed listening and found some tasty nuggets of marketing wisdom to help you take your brand to the next level. Remember, just like a perfectly crafted cocktail, marketing is all about finding the right balance and serving it up with a splash of creativity. So keep building, keep refining, and keep serving up your brand with style. And if you're thirsty for more insights, follow us on Instagram at Nate underscore the agency for even more marketing tips and tricks. Be sure to subscribe and join us for our next episode of Served Nate. Until then, cheers.